On the new podcast, American Criminal, you'll learn about the fraud, theft, and murder that marks the dark side of the American dream. Like the Menendez murders, was it two greedy kids who killed their parents for money, or is there more? Listen to American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. Who's next? Yeah, who's next? Welcome to the club! This is a show dedicated to helping singers, songwriters, and indie artists like you create leverage in the music business. As a matter of fact, that's what we are here for. We want you to win, and we're going to win by creating some leverage in your relationships, in your arts. That's what the climb means. C-L-I-M-B, creating leverage in the music business. Love it. Live it. Learn it. I want to introduce you to my co-host, Mr. Brent Baxter. Brent is an award-winning hit songwriter with cuts by Alan Jackson, Randy Travis, Lady Antebellum, Joe Nichols, and more. And what I really love about Brent is that he helps songwriters turn pro by teaching the art, the craft, and the business of songwriting. And you can find Brent at songwritingpro.com. Once again, that's songwritingpro.com. Hey, and I would like to introduce you to my co-host, Johnny Dwinell. Johnny owns the Daredevil Production. It's an innovative artist development company. They help you find your sound, and they help you find your audience. Not only do they develop and improve your artistry, they also grow and monetize your fan base, creating cash flow. Yeah. Daredevil has worked with multi-platinum artists like Colin Ray, Tracy Lawrence, Ty Herndon, and Andy Griggs, just to name a few. You can find Johnny at DaredevilProduction.com. That's production, singular, no S, and you know why, because there is only one Johnny Twinell. Yay, yay. How you doing, brother? Any better, I'd be illegal. Any better, you'd be the father of four. Oh, exactly. Oh, wait. Oh, look at that. <laughs> look what happened there. We're recording these in the future. I tell you, if something goes squirrely, then we're just going to have to can all these. <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> Who knows what will happen? If, if you're hearing this, that means it went well. If you're not hearing this, well, you know. No, we're completely embarrassed. Uh, exactly. So, hey, we are at the feet of the master today. This is, we did one of these episodes before, and I loved it, and I, we're going to keep bringing it back time and time again because it, it it's current and it's relevant. So this is cut study too, right? We're going to songwriting cut study. So are the chart, chart study? Stu- yeah, songwriting chart study. The last episode I think we did this was episode thirty three. It was back in September. Yeah, and uh, it is is now uh, a little bit later. Yeah. So it's uh, we're going to do another one here, and and basically I just there are a couple songs on the charts right now. I just wanted to take and and break down and pull out some songwriting lessons from you know learn from success. These things are on the radio; they're climbing the charts. Yep. What can we learn from them, right? So if you're ready to dive in, we'll go ahead and dive on into our first song. Buckle up, kids. Take notes. There will not, there will be a quiz the very next time you write a song. All right. First, we're going to get to is, uh, well, how do you write, how do you get a rough around the edges rock and roll country rebel to sing about love and truth and not be cheesy? You know how you do that? How do you do that? You write it like Eric Church's Kill a Word. So that's going to be the first one we're talking about, Kill a Word, which is just a killer song, pun intended. Yeah. But yeah, what I want to do is on this episode, take a look at some of the songwriting lessons that make uh, Kill a Word and some of these other songs a more cuttable song. 
So able to be cut is what cuttable means. I don't know if it's a real word, but I use it. <laughs> so we're going to see what makes this song cuttable. And I know you might be thinking, well, didn't Eric Church write that song himself? Well, yeah, yeah, he did. He wrote the song with Jeff Hyde and Luke Dick. But that doesn't change the fact that it still made the record and it still made the radio. All right. So I'm sure Eric doesn't cut everything he writes. Right? I'm sure his last record had what, like 12 or 13 songs. He probably those probably aren't the only ones he wrote. Since right. the last record, right? I mean, he wrote a bunch of songs. So Kill a Word had still had to compete, even if it was just against other Eric Church songs. Yeah. Right. It had to compete. It won. All right. And I'm sure he was looking outside too. So there's a valuable song songwriting lessons to be learned here. Okay. So let's take a look at a few. All right. First lesson I want to talk about is so what I'm aiming at with this is say I want to write songs that are cuttable. I want to learn how to write a song for an artist, how to think about commercial songwriting. All right. So this isn't just how to write a good song. This is like how to write a good song that is cuttable. Right. And one thing you want to think about is writing songs in an artist neighborhood. And that's basically every artist. And we've talked about this before. They, they have a lane. They have a brand. They have a persona. And I like to call it their neighborhood. You know, these type of people live in this neighborhood. You know, yeah. this type of artist lives in this neighborhood and they talk to the people that live in this neighborhood, these type of people. So and so for Eric's neighborhood, this song fits here because Eric Church is not a hippie. OK, he's shown no sign of being the sit in a circle and sing kumbaya type of artist. He isn't a sissy and his ideal fan is not a sissy either. OK, so how does he build a song that is pro like love and truth? in a way that fits him and also fits his fans. So it's going to be a kumbaya song, but in a manner that Eric Church makes it cool. Like, how does he make it that, cool? How does he make it fit him and his version of what cool is? Oh, his I like this already. brand yeah. cool. How do you do it? If, if you're, you know, hey man, I got an idea for a song. Hey, what's it? It's like, I want to talk about, like, I want there to be more love and truth in the world and less bad stuff. Uh... Have you heard my other records? <laughs> you know? And so they built this song. Their solution to this, to this Kumbaya song not being Kumbaya, was to sing about love in the most violent terms you'll hear on country radio this year. <laughs> you love know? It. Yeah. Like, love and truth? Okay, let's get really, really violent <laughs> with this song and twist it. If you haven't heard the song yet, after this episode, go listen to it then listen to the episode again. All right. So... Eric I'll put a link. Not, I'll put a link in the show notes. By the way, I'll do there that. There we go. Awesome. So Eric is not a dreamy-eyed pansy handing out daisies. All right. In this song, he's seen the ugly in this world, and he's had enough. He's mad as hell, and he's not going to take it anymore. All right. He wants to take all the bad, drag it out back, and put a bullet in it, and that fits his artistic brand. Yeah. So he is going to kill the bad stuff in the world. That's how we promote love and peace. Kill the rest. Right. Say <laughs> so it's dark and it's twisted, but it fits him, right? So not every artist could or would cut this song, and that's all right. Different artists have different styles. They have different brands. They live in different neighborhoods. But this angle and execution, and I use the word execution with pun, fully intended. <laughs> the angle and execution wouldn't work for everyone, but it sure works for Eric Church. All right. So that's the one thing to think about. If you want your songs to be cuttable, you got to build it in some artist neighborhood that fits their brand, fits what they want to say and how they want to say it to the people they want to say it to. You got to be mindful of that. 
Another lesson in the song is it, this song fills one of his gaps. And gaps is something I use in my in my teaching and in my cuttable teaching. Gaps is an acronym because we are a fan of acronyms here at the Climb. That's right. Here at the CLIMB. All right. <laughs> the CLIMB. I like that. Yeah. All right. So it stands GAPS. It stands for G for growth, A for achievement, P for preaching or positioning, and S for songwriting. Gaps, G-A-P-S, growth, achievement, preaching or positioning, and songwriting. Those are the areas of opportunity within what an artist has done, like their um, their catalog. There are gaps in their catalog in those areas, You're, and you have opportunity when you identify one of those gaps and you fill it with one of your songs. Or in this case, Eric filled it with one of his own. Mm-hmm. All right, so there are slots the artist hasn't filled yet with a song, and Kill a Word fills gaps by being – not about love, not about music, and not about being a rebel or an outsider. You know, when you talk about um, his preaching and positioning, you know, as an artist, like it, it fits several ways. But, you know, Eric has a lot of love songs. He's got, you know, like Wrecking Ball and several other love songs. He's got um, songs about being the rebel or an outsider. He's got the song Outsiders. Mm-hmm. You know, just a lot of his persona is about being a rebel. And then he has songs about uh, music. You know, record year and songs on his albums, Mr. Misunderstood, and uh, a bunch of stuff that is about music and music business and that kind of stuff. This song is not any one of those. So it falls in between, but it fits in that world. Mm-hmm. So it found a gap, a space that fits within his brand, but that seat wasn't already taken by another song. It's not right on top of something he's already done. It allows him to grow. It, there's a gap on the edge of what he's done, the G for growth. It allows him to grow as an artist because it's taken a deeper place. It's going to a deeper level, talking about, you know, it's kind of the kumbaya stuff he hasn't done before mm-hmm. that I can think of at least offhand or not enough that he's worn it out. So it finds a little spot that still fits in his world because of the way they serve it up, but it allows him to kind of grow as an artist and talk about kind of some deeper stuff. Yeah. So he's, I hate and fear and hostile and all this stuff, right? And so uh, it also fits in the gap with the kind of preaching. You know, it, it fits in his brand with the positioning because it's tough. It's a tough song. There's a lot of violent imagery in there. Mm-hmm. And so it's not a pansy. It's a tough guy statement on it. So it fits there. So it makes sense as an artist, even though it's something he hasn't really covered before, it kind of fits in there, you know, and it allows him to grow into a new space as an artist, G for growth. It adds some depth to his persona and to his catalog, you know, so this is kind of breaking new ground, but it still fits for what he does. So that's well, important if you keep doing the same thing, too, I think it gets a little stagnant. There's not a lot of bands who have gotten or artists who have gotten away with that, you know, um, right. they they some have. I mean, ACDC comes to mind, you know, mm. but um, what we what we enjoy about the, the character arc of an artist is, I mean, think about Taylor Swift going from you wear short skirts, I wear sneakers, you're a cheer mm. captain, I'm on the bleachers to I've got a long list of ex-lovers, here's a blank space, you can write your name, they think I'm insane, you know, like, like, that. that's, we grew with them, right, we're growing, we're, 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 there, there's an amount of time between those records, so those gaps, we're providing that growth and, and figuring out a way to make that fit is, um, what a great challenge, right? 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, if you're thinking about writing for an artist or for the market, you want to think about where are the gaps. Those are the opportunities. I don't want to write, you know, exactly what Eric's done before, because he's already done it. That yeah. seat's taken. I want to find something on the, on the on the outer edge. <laughs> yeah, you know. Um, so another lesson in this one it is it's more cuttable because the song shows you what can't be seen. I'm a big fan of imagery, right? I use it in a lot of my cuttable you know, lessons. But country music is a very visual genre. We like to see our songs when we hear them. Okay, but how do you talk about fear, hate, regret, all that stuff, and still give us imagery? Well, the songwriters chose to show us the various methods of execution. All right, so yes, it's all metaphorical, but I still see teeth flying and bare hands around a neck. Mm-hmm. All right, they show us a lot of stuff. These are dark images for sure, but they're very engaging and very memorable. They found a way to show us things that we can't see directly. You know, lies, hate, fear, hostile, all this stuff, stuff you can't see. How do you make it visible? Well, this is how we're going to kill them. We're going to pound them into, you know, uh, into into sand. I'm going to hang it up high and flip at the bird. I'm going to do all this stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, sever evil, watch it bleed. You know, mm-hmm. all the stuff that really, really sticks out like a sore thumb, right, on country radio in a good way. It's really memorable. And so it, you can see all this stuff. Um, and so there's so much stuff in this song that makes it cuttable, makes it able to be cut, that made sense for him to cut this. Mm. You know, it's easy to say, well, because it's great. That's great. I mean, it is. But let's dive deeply into this and go, oh, here's some nuts and bolts. Why is it great? Yeah. Why is it great? Here's some reasons. That, like, when they're going through and they're weeding out songs, they're looking for reason not to cut a song. Here's some of the reasons they cut this song. What made it cuttable, in my opinion. If you have other opinions on what makes it cuttable, leave them in the Facebook group. I'd love to hear your comments. Next song, you ready for the next song? Yeah, I'm going to get about two songs done tonight. Okay, that's our. We're that, done. that was a killer too. I and I, you know, just just to get a clear picture of that too. Just think, just just read the lyrics for "Drink in My Hand," which is one of my favorite Eric Church songs, mm-hmm. and then read "To Kill a Word." Like, look at the difference. Yeah, both cool, both awesome, both a moment in time in that artist's career. Mm-hmm. But see how much and it grew. You can see, but you can see it being the same guy. Yeah, it just works. in a, you know, more. Hey, Pantheon listeners, Christian Swain here. You caught me just finishing up some editing on Getting Real with John and Beth. I want to share my first experience with Factor Meals for you. I think you'll find this interesting because I bet the same thing happens to you. I had just received my first shipment from Factor Meals the other day, and I was excited to try one of the prepared restaurant-quality meals for myself. Anyway, I was working away and noticed it was very late and it was my night to make dinner. I jumped up and headed to the kitchen, went to grab the ingredients for the dish I was going to make, and realized I was missing a prime ingredient. Well, I could make a run to the store, or I could make one of my new factor meals. (laughs) Actually, the choice was easy. I grabbed a cavatappi, an Italian-style pork ragu with garlic broccoli, heated the oven per instructions, and minutes later was enjoying a very delicious, nutritious, and dietitian approved meal. It really was everything Factor Meals said it would be. No prep, no mess meals. Factor Meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. Take it from me and head to factormeals.com slash pantheon50 and use the code pantheon50 to get 50% off. That's factormeals.com slash pantheon50 and use the code pantheon50 to get 50% off. 
I've had a few drinks and I'm watching the news and I've had enough. Yeah. <laughs> you know, same kind of guy. You know, you just seeing the deeper side of him you don't normally see at the bar. Yeah. Love that. And he's still the rough around the edges guy. He's still the same guy in the same neighborhood. Um, so, all right. So next song. So how do you write a song with a negative sounding title and make it a positive, sexy love song? You write it like Dirks Bentley wrote Black, which is his current single, at least as we're recording this. So let's look at some of the songwriting lessons that make Black a cuttable song. Okay, same thing with Kill the Word. I know what you're thinking. Did Dirks write that song himself? Yeah, yeah he wrote this one himself too. So he wrote the song with Ross Copperman and Ashley Gorley. Those guys are getting a couple of hits these days. But again, it doesn't change the fact that it still made the record, it made the radio, and it had to compete against all these other songs that Dirks wrote himself and other songs that guys like Ashley Gorley and other people are pitching him. It still had to compete, and it won. Let's take a look at some reasons why it won. All right, first lesson is the song puts a positive spin on a negative phrase. So if a co-writer brought in the phrase, make the world go black, you know, where would your mind immediately go? You know, Johnny? Like death. Yeah, yeah make the world go black. Death. Um, it has a negative connotation. Slipping into oblivion, passing out, even dying, right? Mm. So a potential angle on that, you know, so I'm putting on my songwriter hat. I like to do this every once in a while and look at a song, kind of the, the title phrase, and go, what else could you do with that? Right, keeps my brain limber. Well, one potential angle would be something like, I want to stop thinking about her blue eyes, that red dress, the blonde hair. I'm going to sit here and drink till the world goes black. You know, play mm -hmm. off the color thing, right? Yep. And that could work fine. It could be pretty dang cool. If, the artist but, was, if it was good for the artist, too, obviously, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But just as a song, just mm -hmm. as a song, like, that, could be, that could be a cool angle on that make the world go black i'm i'm thinking about these colors all the pictures of her i'm, I'm gonna drink until it all goes away yeah, <laughs> yeah but you know it's definitely a negative song right it's a heartbreak song and the writers know that a song with a positive spin usually gets more spins that's tweetable. Feel free to tweet that. <laughs> a song with a positive spin usually gets more spins. Yes, it does. I love that. Yeah. So welcome to Nashville. I'm going to tweet knock. that. I'm going to tweet that. <laughs> knock, knock. Who's it? <laughs> Matt. Okay. So, and I don't know how they wrote this. I don't know if that phrase, make the world go black, was the was the first thing they brought in, but let's just assume it was, right? But these, and so your mind first goes to the oblivion, the drinking yourself, you're dying, whatever, make the world go black. Well, okay, they know enough to go, is that the best angle we can do? Is that the most commercial, cuttable angle we can write this? Let's keep twisting it. Let's keep going. Let's just see what else is there. Let's dig deeper. All right. You don't want to go with the, the first idea that hits you. It might be the right idea, but you don't know that until you've really examined it from every angle. And by the way, like right there in that decision moment, what do you got to lose? Exactly. You can always come back to it. Right? Yeah. How's, and, that, how's that bad adventure right there? Like, it's not. Go right, down exactly. that road. <laughs> if, nothing else, if nothing else, consider it your warm-up for the day. There you go. <laughs> right? There you go. Yeah. So, they know that, you know, they, they went to the next level, they did the extra work, and they took the song to a positive, sexy place, and that's just much, much more commercial in today's market. Mm -hmm. So they knew that. So they they kept digging. All right. So that's that's lesson number one. If you have a negative sounding phrase, 
see if you can spin it positive. These days, the math just works more in your favor. For one thing, it makes it a lot more fresh because there might be other songs out there about Make the World Go Black. There might be other titles, versions of that written, but not as many are going to be twisted this way. Because okay, so a lot I, of writers aren't going to do the work. I got Okay, so I got to interrupt you for a second. So okay. you, I cut a song with an artist, Jason Ashley, on yeah. a song that you wrote, I I think with Matt Klein and... And Greg Campbell, the artist. Greg, the, you know what, you, what I'm talking about? I so, believe so, So yeah. it, it, it's And I love setting this up. So in country music, the name of the song is Let's Fight. Mm-hmm. Okay? And immediately you're thinking, okay... It, it brings you to a negative place, right? It's going to be about a bar fight, a bunch of country boys, like testosterone, doing... But no, what if I told you that it was a ballad and it's called Let's Fight? And now you're like, wait, what? Well, he's going to lose because he's yeah. a pansy. <laughs> right. and, and, and if it's a ballad and it's about Let's Fight, what is it, like a sappy song about um, whatever, like the, the you know war or, or something like that? You know, But no, what if I told you that it was a ballad love song called let's fight this is a prime example i think of what you're talking about right mm-hmm. like because it's like let's fight and uh say what we gotta say tonight um i refuse to walk away i refuse yeah, yeah like run through those lyrics because it's it's about yeah. two couples getting together and figuring it out yeah it's uh we can't keep going on like nothing's wrong we're on the same side so baby let's fight it's this this couple that there's this rift between them. What what is it exactly? Yeah, the song doesn't concern itself with that. That's not the point. The yeah. Point is there there there's this gap, you know, between them, the space, this uh, rift, and the guy's finally saying, that, "That's it. This is enough. This has to end. It's let's fight." And it starts off thinking, "Let's go ahead and have it out," which is not what he sings. Let's fight together against this. Yeah, it's so good. I mean, so what a clever twist. Like, it's, that's a negative. It brings up a negative connotation, like black. Right. Mm-hmm. But then when you get into it, it's completely different. They, they, right. you twist We're it on up. the same side. Let's fight together. And the opening line, by the way, in that song, folks, is um, astounding. Like, it, 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 Thank it you. that rang my bell with, the, with, the, I can tell you're, I can tell you're not, a, I, tell by the way you're breathing yeah. that you're not asleep. What, what, yeah. Well, you're pop quiz me. Sorry. Girl, I know the way you. <laughs> Sorry. I know the way you uh, breathe, and I can tell you're not asleep. Not asleep right now. Right now. Yeah, <sighs> yeah. And then you just right there. You already know the name of the song is called "Let's Fight." So there you are, just instantly transported into that moment that you had at some point in your history, where you're like, "Yep, and <laughs> right here." <laughs> <laughs> Which sidebar value, hopefully bomb, is like those. I couldn't have written that probably before I was married <laughs> right. and because I wasn't sharing my bed, you know? Yeah. And, and so it's like one of those little details that because I've lived it and you, you know, you get used to the way your, your partner sleeps and the way they breathe when they're asleep and, and that sort of stuff. Cause the breathing changes and you're like, I can tell when you're asleep and I can tell when you're not. And it's a little detail that is telling, but it's not the usual detail. Like, you you know, I can't think of another song that has that kind of thing in there like that. I'm, the, I'm sure it's probably out there somewhere. But it's it's fresh. But it's also believable using an image to get you into the song where you know uh, something's not right. You know, and it paints that picture in a very realistic way. Even if you haven't been in that situation, you, you can still picture it. So it's those little details that 
that could really make your song stand out. And okay, apparently it stuck with you. It, it, it well, not okay. Not only with me, but I want to add this. So, so we had uh, we were missing one song on the record. <laughs> we were looking for some outside cuts, and uh, and we played that for the artist. Now I remember we were going downtown. We we're going drinking with the artist. Mm-hmm. Going downtown, we we were on Second Avenue. Found a parking spot, and 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 Kelly's like, let's play him, let's play him, let's fight, you know. And he's like, I'm done listening to songs. Like, just listen to this one tune, because I think this could be, this could be, this could be the song that you're going to put on the record. And he's like, all right. And he just acquiesced because we both were just like begging him. This is when I was still with Kelly, you know. Yeah. We go into that intro, and then that first line hits, and he just he's in the back seat. If you can picture him with his arms on his on his knees, sort of intently mm-hmm. listening, and then just goes back with his head up in the air and goes, that's it. <laughs> that's we didn't awesome. even get to the freaking chorus. He was like, oh my God, like, that's it. Like, it hit him. It hit uh-huh. him right across the head. And when we got through the, we never made it through the whole song, by the way. Like, we, we just made it through the first chorus, and he's like, that's it. We're going to cut that. Let's go drink. <laughs> Done deal. Like, you know, it had been a long day of, of a whole lot of prep for that record. And really, the last thing anybody wanted to do was listen to a song. But that line... Uh, especially that, a ballad. That imagery, yeah, that imagery, bro. I mean, that 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 was the difference between getting a cut, not getting a cut right there. That was it. That sold him already. He was prepared to love the chorus. Awesome. We well, thank you. That's so. fun. I'd, I'd never heard that story. You hadn't told me that one. Yeah, so. yeah it was cool. I thought it was really So Sorry, awesome. I didn't mean to interrupt, but I thought, you know, the way that that tw- twisted that up and, and sort of mm-hmm. comes out, it's a love song. It's a ballad. It's it's positive from something that sounds negative. That's how interesting is that? So cool. Yeah. Clever. So Dirk's got Let's Fight, too. All right. So, all right. The uh, another. So we got the positive spin on a negative phrase for Black, the Dirk Bentley song. Another lesson is the song bridges the confusion gap. All right, so black has a twisty idea. You know, the world going black being a good thing instead of a bad thing. All right, so this means the listener might get lost. There's an opportunity to lose a listener. You're like, hey, we got to bring them along here because they're going to, we're already not taking them where their mind wants to go. We got to make sure we shepherd them along to where we want them to land, right? We mm-hmm. can't confuse them here. We, we don't want to lose them. So, so Bentley and crew just came right out and said what they mean in the bridge. It says, I don't want to see a thing. I just want to feel your touch. And so they even said it twice to make sure you got it. I don't want to see a thing. I just want to feel your touch. You know, make the world go black. So it makes it clear that it's really not so much that like Dirks doesn't want to see this girl that he's with, but that he really wants to focus on another one of his senses, the sense of touch. You know, so they idiot proofed it. You know, we got to come right out and say, because we don't want people thinking, wait, is it because he doesn't want to see her or what's going on? Is it positive and negative? No. You know, I don't want to say anything because I just want to feel your touch. This is why I want you to make the world go black. Not only do I want to make out with you, but I just want to feel I'm not worried about, you know, vision at this point. Mm -hmm. So they know if you confuse, you lose. You heard that before, I mean, yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, on another on a, another podcast we listened to about marketing. Yeah. If you confuse, you lose, and that's the same thing, especially in country songwriting. And so they made sure that they didn't confuse a listener on it. You can, even though it's taking you to a place that you wouldn't think it would go at first, they still shepherd you and bring you with them, so that you're like, okay, I get it. I'm along for the ride. I'm not lost. I'm there with you. So, 
you know, it bridges that gap. So the listener is less likely to be confused. And I know we're winding down here. So I've got one other point on this one. And the song's images are right on point. All right. So the imagery in the song points to either black or the sense of touch. So like for black, it talks about, you know, black, like your dress on the floor, the one you don't need anymore, or the sense of touch. Touch. It talks about brush me with your hair, find your fingertips, trace them back to your lips. And also, I wonder if the, you know, brush me with your hair. I wonder if the the brush is kind of like a paintbrush with black paint reference. I don't oh, know yeah. if that's what, what they meant there, but Maybe. brush me with your hair, make the world go black, you know? Yeah, I'm yeah. Like, oh, let's go. Be a, I don't know. I like to think it, that's what it means. And some of the images pull kind of double duty, like double spins, because like make the world go black, hit me like a heart attack, put me flat on my back. Usually, if you just pull that out, you would think that's not good, <laughs> right? right? Heart attack, make the world go black because you're about to pass out or die. Put me flat on my back, you think because you got knocked on your, you got knocked there in, in a bad thing. He just got cold cocked. He got knocked out, made the world go black, knocked me flat on my back. No, usually those mean bad things. Here, they mean very, very, very good things. <laughs> you know, <laughs> <That's right. laughs> so you know, like a heart attack. Like you know, that's another common way of you know saying, you know, girl, you're just killing me, whatever, man, heart attack, you know, your heart, your emotions. So it puts that spin on it, hit me like a heart attack, you know, my heart, my emotions, the love, all that kind of stuff. So it has that double meaning. And then also put me flat on my back goes with the make the world go black, but also it has the more literal meaning of let's lay down. So Mm -hmm. it pulls some really nice double duty on those things. And some double entrees. Very clever. Very clever. I know. They should think about doing this. Y'all keep writing songs. I like them. Yeah. He could be, you make a living at that. They should. That, that whole Dierks guy, that Dierks guy's pretty good. <laughs> He's pretty good. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. You know, he just kept up with you after that little white tank talk song. <laughs> That's right. So, uh, what else you got for us today, brother? Well, yeah, so I just wanted, you know, those are a few of the elements that make black and kill a word like a cuttable song. And if you want your songs to be more cuttable, meaning like able to be cut, if you want to dive more deeply into some of the concepts I talked about with the imagery and with filling the gaps in an artist's brand or moving a song into an artist's neighborhood, I cover a lot of that stuff or all that stuff into uh, my new expanded and upgraded version of a workbook I have called Cuttable Lessons in Market Smart Songwriting. All right, so it's it's five powerful lessons that will help you write songs that artists want to sing, that radio wants to play, that listeners want to hear. And you can check that out, read more about it, find out what's going on there at songwritingpro.com slash store. And you scroll down, look for Cuttable, and click on it. It'll take you, tell you all about it. You can check it out, see if it's something you're interested in. Um, read some testimonials, people that have you know worked through the workbook and found value in it. But uh, songwritingpro.com/store and look for Cuttable. And uh, you know it's a way of writing your song in a way that an artist is more likely to want to sing it. Radio is more likely to spin it, and fans are going to hear it. Awesome. So that's what got. Well, that's some good stuff there. I mean, I especially love the. You know, do your homework on the artist and the stuff they've already written, and then figure mm-hmm. out how to expand and go deeper using that artist's tone in in the language. Is mm-hmm. that that's that's so good? Gaps like that's awesome. 
Thank you. So, uh, all right, guys. Well, that brings us to the end of another killer episode of The Climb. We're here. We want you to win. This podcast exists because we want you to create leverage, get some education, get some inspiration, and be better. And with that, we'll tell you to keep on climbing. And we'll see you at the top. achieve the American dream. The big house, the happy family, the money. 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would they shop? Would they shop? Would you kill? Yes. <laughs> My mom is dead. My mom is right there. From Airship, the studio behind American Scandal comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, the Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.